Big John Taylor. Mercenary, soldier of fortune. He's more than a man. He's a walking death machine. Candy O'Perrin, sexy undercover cop. Her deadliest weapon is her body. Mike O'Malley, Hollywood's top stuntman. What do you want us to do? Fight our champions. Only this time, the action's for real. And Rick Chan, black belt, primed for action with one blow. The death blow. Only two words describe the power and fury of this unstoppable team. Raw force. Join them as their carefree vacation cruise turns into hell on the high seas. What was that? Final port of call. Warrior Island. Uncharted and unexplored. We should not be here. Burial grounds for martial arts masters from the past. Their resting place is defiled. They rise from the dead to avenge their honor. Who will win? The living or the living dead? Join John Dresden, Jillian Kesner, Jeff Benny, Raymond King, and Cameron Mitchell. band together with the incredible power of raw force, untamed and unleashed to kill. All right, welcome back to another episode of Bad Meaning Bad, Bad Meaning Good Podcast. I am your monthly host for the month of May, Rich Fan, and I am joined by my main man, Jeff, and our guy, Brandon, to talk about a movie that I think I might never be able to host this again because of. Um, I, I want to just uh, say hi to the fellas before we get started and talk about the movie. So, Jeff, hello. How you doing, sir? I'm, I'm good. I'm good. And, and Brandon, hello. How are you? You are a madman. <laughs> <laughs> I thought you were the most wholesome person I know. Right. I I'm expecting to see this, you know, fighting movie. And then I turn on the movie and I get some combination of Porky's Adam West Batman and the Meatballs. Walking Dead. <laughs> All wrapped in one. Revenge of the Nerds. Yep. <laughs> like, All what? movies I enjoyed watching when I was a certain age. And this one, 1982's Raw Force, which was a journey. I had seen it originally because uh, someone I followed had mentioned it as something they wanted to kind of do on their podcast. I was like, why, why would they do this? And so I sat down and watched Edward D. Murphy's directorial slash writing masterpiece, which I opened and I said I would when I, when I sent this to you guys and you signed up. My first question, did Ed Boone watch this and come up with the idea for Mortal Kombat? No. <laughs> <laughs> it's possible. It did have Shang Tsung Island vibes. No. It had a movies. It had a stunt man that decided he could be a deathmatch fighter. No. It had the hardest LAPD SWAT team female officer you ever had in 1982. <laughs> I I give you some points on that one. Nah, nah, yeah, I give you a point on that one. It. I mean, my man 
was trying to hit on this woman, head butted a block of ice and said, want to have dinner, baby cakes. <laughs> Which like ironically, that. when I heard that, I cackled because that is the nickname I use for my wife. And so I was like, I needed to see this movie. Someone needed me in the universe to see this movie. And then picked up ice from the nasty ass floor and put it in her drink. And she drunk mm-hmm. it. And she drunk it. I feel like everybody in this movie did this movie under duress. It, it just felt what what I don't even know what was happening. It was just a lot of things happening, and you just had to go with it at a certain point. And at a certain point, I was just like, you know what? Rich got it. I'm just gonna watch this movie now at this point. I'm gonna stop asking questions. Listen, it not only is a movie, we'll get to the description of the movie in a minute, but not only is it a movie that it was ahead of its time, as these gentlemen are obviously talking about, but it also inspired the the, the movie, I'm sorry, the song Burbank Karate Club by Das Benke and Jordan Hirsch, which got released just last year. So even in 2021, people were like, you know what? Burbank Karate Club. It's up there with Blackpool Combat Club. You know, it's just people got to be there. Oh, so God. that'll open up. I'm going to give you the plot courtesy of Wikipedia. The Burbank Karate Club traveled to a forbidden island of disgraced martial artists to do battle with zombies, mercenaries, cannibals, and kung fu masters so deadly and sinister they had to be banished to the island of raw force. All right. I'm just going to get the elephant out the room. Yeah. What was going on with uh, Baby Hitler? What do you mean? I don't know what you're talking about. Wait, what was going on with homie? Homie, he was absolutely supposed to be Hitler, Hitlerish. Yeah, yeah, he survived mother. basically and was underground, and you know, kind of snuck, snuck, snuck in there. You know, <laughs> what is happening? <laughs> like, listen, we had five movies going on at the same time. So you had basically, this is a uh, just to let you all know. Uh, you think about the idea of a spaghetti rest, Western, right? This was a Filipino karate kung fu flick. So this was done dirt cheap. It was done with some folks who didn't speak English as their natural, their native language and had to do some ADR, which the Hitler dude was one of those people. And so they had some ideas in here that were a little rough. So like, like Jeff little. said, you had a dude who was supposed to be up sensibly either Adolf Hitler or his cousin or younger brother that somehow made it out of World War II and been hiding in the, you know, Southeast Asia for a while, you know, just hanging out in the Philippines. Um, Yeah, so they start and we're trying to figure out why they have these women being given to these sadistic monks. And at at some point, and this is probably when y'all were like, why did Rich recommend it? They decide that they just have to take the women's blouses off. (laughs) <laughs> and it's just like boom like this is what we're doing now this is where we're at and and then the one freaky monk decided oh this one still got her bra on get her out and i was like wait what what he said and she was too skinny too yeah, she skinny was, she was too skinny and at that point i stopped the movie and said <laughs> rich is a madman i called him just had to sit there for a minute i was like it's no way what what is this oh my god rich this is this movie is insane this movie takes the cake <laughs> this is the most insane movie we've done for bad meaning bad I, I, I take that with pride because i looked at this movie and as it unfolds and we see you know first 
the uh, introduction of some of the principal characters and their journeys, but then we also get to see just the absolute lack of respect they have either for each other or for what's going on around what's happening at the same time. So you have the Burbank Karate Club, which is comprised of a couple of fun folks. Uh, and, and just to let you know, if you want to go on Tubi, you can watch Raw Force for free. If, if, you, if you really want to take this journey with us. Don't do um, it. It was... Um, do not do it. Michael Malley, uh, John Taylor are basically two actors slash karate men that are trying to find a challenge. And their challenge is to go to this island. And Warrior so, Island. Is the Warrior name. Island. Right. <laughs> and, and when they talk about it, like throughout the movie, they say, yeah, this is an island where like the guys got so disgraced, they had to kill themselves and then their souls couldn't die. So now they settle there for combat and that's where we're going. So Brandon, would that be something you would want to do? And how do you think the movie explained their journey there? I wouldn't say it's a hero's journey because it's kind of a debaucherous journey <laughs> that happens to lead to them fighting people, but... <laughs> It doesn't uh, explain anything. I spent the first <laughs> hour of this movie with no clue what was going on. They just done. <laughs> they basically just kind of tripped and fumbled into the island. It was just, like, oh, we here. Oh, let's no. The way the one Asian man on the boat was the only person saying, "Hey guys, don't go to this place." Right? You don't want this action. Meanwhile, they're having a whole. Like I said, Porky's adventure on this boat. Oh no. We gotta talk about my favorite character in this movie. The captain. Harry. Harry. This man is just horny. And he's <laughs> married and he just doesn't even care. I was like, all right. Care. He tried to go to he tried to go to, you know, uh 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 what's a good name for it? A PG name for it. A love boat? Yeah. That I love well, he tried to go to a house of a house of pleasure. No repute. Yeah, he'd go yeah, in man. there and he's <laughs> like, let me see what this do. Let me see what this things do. And he got away from his wife. He told his wife some excuse. Yo, I gotta get in here. I'm just like, oh my God, this man is just horny. He even on the boat, he is trying to just get with women. It's just insane. And I, I would also say if you want to, y'all didn't hear it from me. But if you want the Spanish version of Raw Force, uh, sources tell me YouTube has it. And so I'm going to have it on in the background as we talk about some of these key pieces. The Spanish version? Yeah. <laughs> All right. The English version was enough, Rich. <laughs> Knock it off there. <laughs> it is great because I think it gets all the... On this movie. Oh, go ahead, Brandon. It seemed like they were dubbing. Like it was like a... Com but they were trying to do like the Kung Fu movie thing mm -hmm. for some of the characters and then other characters were just like speaking normally. And I was very confused. Yeah, it was a lot of AD. Yeah, it was definitely a lot of ADR with a lot of different characters. Yeah, and I think part of that was filming it in the Philippines and some of the folks not speaking English. And honestly, some of them probably not getting audio. Like if this was nowadays, you'd have the technology for it. But back then, you know, sometimes you kind of go cheap, you film it, and then you get what you get as far as the ambient sound. Uh, I'm surprised when you mentioned your favorite character, nobody talked about my my main man, the captain, because he was, to me, one of the most fun characters in the entire movie. 
because he brought the Roper energy I needed to this movie. He definitely got started enjoying him in the third act when he was just like, all right, I'm get this gun out. I seen this on TV. <laughs> agent started shooting. I was like, he didn't even hit nobody. What's going on? Well, I mean, he's just, oh, okay. So speaking of ain't hitting anybody, one of the first things we see after we get introduced to the principals is they, they go ashore in Thailand before they go to the house and they watch a quote unquote fight. And they are in the crowd. Oh my God. That's screaming, kill him, get him. <laughs> like, and these guys, first of all, the one dude is not exactly in the best, uh, I'm going to be generous, like fighting shape. He looks like a dude they grabbed off a corner and was like, hey, bro, you're going to be like, he just finished a six pack and some cigs before he came out there. And his buddy, you know, gets the knockout win somehow. And then the other guy gets up and drop kicks him and they go to the next scene, which clearly <laughs> showed me that they did not have a fight scene so much as just do stuff until we say cut. And my man didn't get the memo that he lost the fight. Oh, either my man really got mad because that drop kick looked serious. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> you got because you gotta have a, a real reason to do a drop kick. And that was like he ran and did it. Now, speaking of running, when my man runs to this house of ill repute, uh, he's got the main character with him, uh, Mike. And while Mike's Wait there with his... Uh, There's a main character from this movie? Mike, Dude, I don't yeah. know any of these people's names. I'm telling Mike, you right Mike now. Mike <laughs> O'Malley, man. He was, the, he was the guy with the, the kung fu grip. He was like the lead uh, fighter. I thought he like was, it was two leads. It was like Mike and the... Uh, is it the guy that had the um, crutch? Yes. And then didn't need the crutch anymore? Yes. Because yes. he had an accident who I, I called, uh, especially because I was watching, uh, when I first watched this movie, I was watching Winning Time at the same time. So I filed that dude under like fake Larry Bird. Because <laughs> he's always got those jeans on and a beer in his hand as he's beating these dudes up. I was like, all right, he got a crutch. All right, so he's messed up. So he had the crutch. And well, remember- like. I don't need it. He just didn't need it no more. I'm like, all right. Man. Well, remember how he got the crutch? Do you remember what happened? It was because of the fighting. Um, yeah. So after they get up, they escape because the police. Yeah, oh, yeah, we got to talk hurt. about the police. The police roll up. The quote unquote police. The police are really yeah, quotes. Yeah, they are working for Baby Hitler, and they have a, a a van that you basically pull a little placard out and it's either a police van or a floral truck or best Tell me they remind you of the Adam West Batman. That's yes. exactly what you would yes. see one of the yeah. villains in the Batman show do. It absolutely is. And these idiots escape the, uh, the house by hopping out a window and then barrel rolling. But then we get to this <laughs> bar fight where the other main character, my man, um, uh, John Taylor, which is again, one of the most like generic, dude names especially white dude names decides as he sees one of the bad guys escaping in said van to do a fl jumping flying kick to the van and breaks his foot yeah. oh yeah that, that was <laughs> that just looks so violent because it looked like they were like can you think you can do this yeah i think i can do it and he did it in the way he felt i'm like oh my god did that guy really hurt himself he probably it did looked like it. it really looked like it yeah, because the way he kind of like moved, like went back, I'm like, oh my goodness, this is too much right now. And the, if by the way, the truck that, was moving. If you watch that scene with the truck, when that truck knocked into something, I'm not sure. 
I think somebody actually got ran over because there's a person on a bike or something. Mm-hmm. And you see them and the way they fail, they kind of like, like they kind of like look really hurt, but you know, the camera go away kind of fast. You can't really tell. And don't forget my man, fake Freddie Mercury that oh, uh, yeah. Mike gets <laughs> yeah. to take out before John hops the fence. I'm and he, I'm seeing it now that. in real time. He sees Thomas Spirico, jumps on a white car, slow motion kick, and he doesn't even bend the door. <laughs> <laughs> I'm all about how they got your man, the captain. Don't turn around and keep moving. Walk. Like, oh, man, they got the knife in his back. Yeah. Oh, my God. And, and, and then, then Go Chen goes off on him. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Captain, can I talk to you for a minute? Sure. And he's like, nah, we ain't going to be talking to nobody. That fight was insane, by the way. You know what the <laughs> best that, part of that fight was? What? That woman did not stop dancing. They even I, no, did on her the They were like, boom. You know what? Listen. This movie, I know you said, like, I am a pretty wholesome dude, but this reminded me of From Dust Till Dawn, where stuff is just happening, and the dancer's going to keep dancing, and I got money to make. And I felt like they told her... Oh, yeah, you know, that's a good point. We we just gotta... We just gotta keep going, because I think a lot of this was filmed in a way where, I, to be honest, they got kind of got the ambient. Like, you had a couple of actors. Like, there's one scene with the bar fight. You can see the bartender clearly, like, looking up, expecting someone to get thrown, but no one ever gets thrown over the bar <laughs> table. So he's just kind of like, you see him in the background, like, uh, uh, fuzzy in the forced perspective. And so it's like, oh, yeah, they probably told him, like, someone's going to get thrown. And he keeps looking. And he's just looking and looking and looking. I was like, so, man, I could have done that job. But you know, this budget for this film could not have been any more than a hundred thousand dollars. I'm gonna give him a look. I'm a two hundred thousand dollars. <laughs> I mean, I don't mean to jump ahead, but did you see that fire? Yeah. <laughs> oh, <laughs> yeah, the fire in the boat was a lot <laughs> better fire than in the 50s. <laughs> Listen, well, I mean, speaking, I mean, the whole reason that fire starts because they get a whole nother fire going because on this boat. We have a collection of like 27 to 30 of the most horned up individuals in 1982 because they all go to the same basement part of the boat with the hardwood uh, panel on the walls and decide we all going to start getting to know each other. Yes, and it was like the boys herogasm. Yes. On a boat. It was. What was it? With Buddy in the um, bathroom, he just... Buddy in the bathroom with the redhead was trying to figure out his life and uh, basically this this close to like like he he had a pending lawsuit with like uh, Levi Strauss and Co. In terms of and the uh, redhead like she could just be like, are you gonna get it together? I'm drinking. Yeah, she got up and and you you realize like in the '80s this sort of stuff like nowadays this would be you have charges pending and this would be a very special episode of Law and Order, like. My man sees that she has a beer in one hand, a cup in the other. And she's like, oh, we, what are we doing? Are we doing something? Are we not doing something? Can you get these pants off? And each time they cut away from the rest of the crowd and then cut back to her, she is in a different wrestling move. Like he's got her up for a power bomb. He looks like he's about to catch an a electric chair drop. Meanwhile, as I mentioned at the beginning of this podcast, my man who looks like uh 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 matt mccarthy or i think it's matt mccarthy the stand-up comic that covers wrestling is like hey baby cakes want to see me break some ice? and then boom headbutt some ice and that doesn't go well for him she wanted some sweet for a move 
She did. She did. <laughs> Sweet vermouth. But you know who? You know what life is good for though? My man John Smith. John Smith out here, living his best who's, life. Who's the homie that smashed the cake into that one woman? Oh, that was um. I want to say that was uh, Lloyd. I want to say that was Lloyd. The fact that this you dude. know these names. <laughs> I gotta be prepared. Listen, I gotta be prepared. If you have me do a bad minute, bad, bad minute, good, I, I gotta be ready for it. I gotta this be dude ready. is walking around this boat with like a wedding cake. That's how big the cake was in his hand. Clearly drunk. Tips over and smashes the entire cake in this, let's, this little white girl's face. White woman's face. She's completely drowned with cake. That was a one take. You could tell he wanted to yep. get it right, too. Yeah, they got one cake. We ain't going to mess this up. But again, it's like they got the cake, and then they knew after this take, we're still going to keep eating? Yeah. Nobody was like, oh, this is a big embarrassment or anything like that. Nope. It was just like. Oh, somebody got hit with cake. That's fine. Yeah. That's normal. And I thought it was great that, like I said, you got 35 people in this, like, wood paneled. Uh, orgy pit here but meanwhile everybody else is upstairs eating dinner like this is disney world like the you know like the uh so this is like the special part of the boat that you had to like put the little upside down pineapple for and everybody else is eating food and my main man john is such a such a such a g he got his foot up in the air on his wheelchair still getting hit on and has to get escorted back to his room to, to take care of some business <laughs> Not to be outdone, though, his partner in crime, Mike, got his uh, uh, Magnum P.I. fit on, and he's making moves <laughs> on the balcony. <laughs> and, and so everybody's winning. The heroes are winning. But while this loving is going on, the bad guys, led by uh, Drunky McDrunkerton from the night before and Baby Hitler, are getting on the boat, and they're trying to invade These to prevent guys them from going. came on his boat dressed like Double Dragon. Yes. <laughs> yes, with uh, with Native American war paint. Yes, right. <laughs> Listen, they watched the National Geographic. They were ready for war, and so while they're doing this, we get a hold of homeboy again, the horn, the most horned up dude on the boat. He already went to the house of ill repute. Now he's telling a, a random woman he grabbed, "Hurry up in here, my wife is gone. We got like five minutes." She's like, five, Only minutes. five minutes. Like five minutes. And he's like, I'm old. What you want from me? <laughs> Lord. Meanwhile, they cut to his wife at a delightful spaghetti dinner upstairs in the dining room area. Just sipping and sipping. That might have been the worst looking spaghetti I've ever seen in my life. It really yes, did. Absolutely. It really then did. Then you had the one girl, you had the one woman who told the other dude right before they trying to get it on that he she murdered her husband. <laughs> Yes. Yeah, he like, uh... Which was insane. <laughs> okay, he's trying to, like, ease up out of there, too. She's like, she's yeah, like, don't worry, the case is pending. It's all right. I'm on the run. She's like, I have hey. to get out of the country, because I have a no, who was, warrant. Who was, who was the guy um, Rich hitting on Harry's wife, trying to hook up with Harry's wife? Oh, that was, um... Oh, God. Uh, I thought that was uh, Lloyd. Okay. You know, I thought that was Lloyd because Lloyd stayed names. trying to like get in folks' pants. All and then right. we got the uh, YMCA rejects sneaking on. Okay, one <laughs> dude has what I loosely call a Spider-Man top and Bumblebee bottom. 
<laughs> like they had some fun with these outfits. Like it was clearly whatever we can get, we're gonna wear. Then one dude had the Superboy t-shirt from Young Justice. Yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I wonder if they got that approved from uh Warner Brothers or not. Listen, I don't think they got anything approved. <laughs> like here, I'm gonna throw this in there in case you want to. I'll throw it in our chat in case you want to use it for the uh the, the, the video, the um podcast cover. Uh let's see if I can just throw that in there. But yeah, so while that's going on, they start murking everybody. Everybody's catching arrows, they got gasoline and they're trying to set fires. And this is you know, this is me hopping over the fence, just trying to introduce you guys to the world of Roar Force. They shot an arrow in this one woman's back. Right in the back. Like, <laughs> and it was the biggest arrow I've ever seen in my entire life, just sticking out of her back. And then they used a garrote while the person's bleeding out, so they're bleeding out the mouth. Made no sense. And see, that was the thing. He shot her with the arrow. The woman who got shot with the arrow was the dude, uh, Lloyd, a.k.a. fake uh, Burt Reynolds. <laughs> Like that five minutes, if it maybe it been 10 minutes, she might have lived. I don't know. Can't call it. <laughs> this this just felt like an extreme uh episode of silk stockings or something. <laughs> this is wild. The things turned around though when my man Go Chin shows up and Go Chin just starts his fake uh Bruce. He didn't Lee. lose a fight this entire film. Only do with hands. Nope. Actually, he lost one to the uh white guy, the white zombie. When well, he was I mean, carrying them, I was like, "How do you get them? I never ain't carrying them like that, like a loaf of bread." <laughs> I mean, you know, he was like Rey Mysterio in WWE versus in in, in uh, WCW. Like, oh, there's my man. Look at my look, look. You guys talking about him? How about the fact that my man did his uh, Johnny Cage impersonation, Mike, when the dude came at him with a sword and did the counter inside slash move? And then they cut to the guy because they can't afford it. You got a uh, sword that's like basically the fake sword hilt and he's got to hold it against his stomach. Didn't one guy have a swastika on his head? He did. Yes. He did. did. (laughs) And I don't think he was white. No, he was not. He was Filipino. (laughs) If I'm not mistaken, he had like a helmet with it on. Yeah. Yep. He was pretty tough too. He, He was... It was a hard one to beat. But yeah, they 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 won the battle, but they lost the war because as this battle's going on, the boat is on fire. And as you mentioned, Brandon, it's one of the worst fire uh, special effects I think I've seen in some time. And they all have to escape to the captain's dismay on the life rafts. And they wash up anyway on Warrior Island. They washed up on it. Oh my God. They fumbled their way to Warrior Island. They <laughs> <It's> did. Just- <laughs> And then at this point, my man John looks like he's Randy Orton's like older cousin. I don't know what happened to him between the boat and the the fire, but he's he's seen some crap. And who was the dude that was with Hitler? Oh, with the God. bandana on oh, the little hippie guy. Yeah, <laughs> I thought the whole film. I'm like, oh, he's going to turn on him because they kept acting like he w- didn't really want to be there. And right. then it just never happened. It just like ignored yeah, because he kept he freaked out. He said, "Wait a minute, they really eat them." 
Oh yeah, we did skip that part, Rich. Oh, oh. yeah. Oh, oh, we'll get there. We get, I mean, we jumped around, but we can get there. So one of the things we find out about Warrior Island is that the monks, they assume the monks were having some weird like sex trade going, but in actuality, they're cannibals and they're eating them. And so I think the gentleman's name looking at the picture here is because I, I didn't know that guy. So I have to look that one up. Um, okay. So first of all, I didn't know this. John Taylor, the dude I'm saying is like the, uh, the one with the crutches. His real name is John Dresden. So I think people were just getting their names like as they, uh, as, as he's like, what you want? I'm, I'm John. I'm still John. All right. You, John, you got it. Steve was the name of the henchman. Steve. Just Steve. Wow. The one dude goes, he and he goes, are you sure they're not just boiling them in water? They're barbecuing them? As if boiling them is somehow more humane or yeah, better. Right? <laughs> yeah. And that's when we start to get, you know, they're wandering around because, you know, to Brandon's point, this is where we get to see where it's a combination of Double Dragon, uh, Mortal Kombat, and Gilligan's Island. Because now you have this party of people walking around this island with monks, zombies, uh, uh, ex-Nazi slave traders, and also and dude with Superman shirt still alive with a katana, and they just start stumbling into fights. And this is when one of my favorite characters in the whole movie, uh, Cookie Sergeant Cookie Winchell, has to go to work. Because when Cookie's out, it's time to get crunching. She, go ahead, Brent. Earlier in the movie, they just randomly mentioned that she has a black belt. Mm -hmm. It's like, oh, she has a black belt. And then they just go on to doing more random stuff. That's the LAPD one? Yeah. Yeah. Well, they tried to remember, because my man thought he was going to be slick. He's like, hey, I'm going to show you guys some moves in case a lady needs to be protected. And she goes up there. It's like, well, what if I do this? He's like, I just do this. He's like, oh, that's not my move. And then she gets him with some jujitsu and gets him down. Everyone's like, oh. And he's like, oh, a lady. <laughs> but wait a minute. Why in the first half of the movie, I don't know if you guys noticed this. It felt like that everybody's timing with their, like, you know, dialogue, words, sentences, or whatever, well, just off by a couple of seconds. Mm -hmm. Somebody will say something. They'll be like, one, two, three. Then they start saying something. I'm like, hmm. Yeah, we can tell these actors are uh uh say not trained. Yeah. Yeah, because when you look at their disco uh discography, when you look at their filmography, for instance, uh Jillian Kessner, who played uh Cookie, the LAPD SWAT team, she was uh one of the few people that was an established actress. She did a lot of um you know, movies like this, but then she also did a couple episodes of T.J. Hooker. Uh, she was on the Ropers, which again, Rockford, again, she was that woman that would show up and would be the brunette handling business in some television show or eventually some movie. Yeah, she felt like, you know, she had some, you know, jobs and worked a lot. Some other people just felt like this is my first time or this is my second time and it oh, showed. Yeah. It, you know, and then Hazel Buck, uh, Hope Holiday. Uh, Hazel was the uh, woman who was like Mrs. Roper in the movie. She was another one that was kind of like a established TV. I, slash. Yeah, I remember seeing her a lot. Yeah. 
She had that, that was hair. her boat. Yeah, that was her boat. And the captain kept saying it's his boat. And even him, he's another established actor. But then when we get to guys like my boy John Taylor, uh yeah, he uh <laughs> this was his um let me look. I'm gonna make sure I get it right. After this movie, he started doing such luminary roles as biker on the A-team. <laughs> Random dude. <laughs> A security guard in Star Trek the Motion Picture. So this was his this was his uh this MVP. is his magnum opus. Like it never <laughs> got better than this. Like this is his one time to be seen. And then everything else was security. He played security guard no less than 10 times in his career. <laughs> I mean, I, I guess he had the sad card. So yeah, he had ten, he, okay. Know. So he played air, airport security, security guard in Star Trek. Uh First surveillance officer, that's I'm counting that as security. His first job was in 1963. Okay, this man had, I would love to do a deep dive over at the torch on how my man was a security guard on an episode of General Hospital in 1963 and didn't get another gig until 1977 as random thug in a Hardy Boys Nancy Drew Mysteries TV episode. <laughs> Dream so alive. 14 years, he just hanging out there. Eddie Murphy was tripping directing this movie. See? <laughs> what you ain't see the director's name? Edward Murphy? Yeah. I know what's going on there. That's the yeah, he tried to keep it on the low. He was like, you know, people can't see me for who I am, just what they see on TV. So I'm gonna show you what I did. I will not let y'all put that on Eddie Murphy. Nope. <laughs> now Edward Murphy, the person who did this. Uh, just before we get back and we'll, we'll clean it up at the end and you guys can burn, flame me for this all you need to. Um, he was actually in Goodfellas. Yes. How about that? Oh, really? He played liquor cop number one in Goodfellas. Oh, boy. Oh, he's another one. His career entails playing an FBI agent in the Manhattan Project, a security guard in Three Men and a Baby, crime scene cop in Murder in Black and White, Liquor Cop and Goodfellas. And then gang member number one, passenger number one, all these little random so, things. Eric Murphy was just like, I want new faces. I want <laughs> I just need all new faces in this movie. He did direct another movie called Heated Vengeance. Yes. Which looks exactly like Raw Force and it takes place in Vietnam. <laughs> I want to see it so bad. Like I see the picture right here of the of the cover of it, and it just it screams, I need to see this movie. I might watch it tonight. Oh my god. Richard Hatch from Battlestar Galactica stars in this Vietnam motion picture. Oh boy. Oh boy. This is trouble. Uh oh. This is trouble. This is this is what happens when I get left to my own devices. But anyway, let's just finish strong with this one. So they get to the island. They deal with these different elements. And now all of a sudden the zombies enter the fray. So now you got zombies. You got everyone else. And what did you guys think of the fight scenes with the zombies? And how about my girl going LAPD on the right people for once? <laughs> uh, it was It was definitely... I had fun with the fight scenes. I'll say that much. Like some yeah, of it was like kind of stupid and kind of like what, but it was fun. It it was a little bit long, but it was still fun. No chin was trying. 
Mm-hmm. He was putting in effort. I yeah, I think they also had that scene where they were like basing that woman with, yes. with oil, which was in and then put her up on like the little stick, like they do a whole hog. Yeah, which was in like I'm watching this, like what is going on here? Like nobody stepped in and said, "Are you okay with this?" Hey, it's all right. I don't think it is, but all right, I guess. <laughs> If you if you okay, I guess. Oh no, this looks all crazy to me. Listen. And these monks didn't feel like monks to me. This felt like I don't know. It didn't feel like monks. It reminded me of like the mole man on the Fantastic Four. Yeah, they just ugh. Ugh. it's very stereotypical. With just oh, the whole time they're just smiling and cheesing and laughing. Ugh, ugh. The entire film. <laughs> Listen, I don't know if you guys knew this, but here's here's something about these fight scenes. Uh, The director also choreographed the fight scenes. (laughs) You don't say. So this is his, he's like, if I'm doing it, I'm doing it all. You don't say. And uh, uh, I love this. They put it on IMDb. there was supposed to be a sequel. That yeah. star. Yeah. Oh, what? Yeah, it's supposed to be a oh, sequel. Oh, Jeff, you didn't see it? The end of the movie says to be continued. Yes. Yes. <laughs> no, I walked out when they like when the plane went up in the air. I kind of was like, all right, Rich. No, no, you, they had to look at each other and then it's like to be continued. Bah, to bah, be bah. continued. And so I don't know, Jeff. Do... Oh, I think ahead. Rich is right. There was one of the zombies was dressed like Raiden for Mortal Kombat. No, With the whole hat and everything. I'm, I'm watching it as we do this. I'm, tell- I'm going to tweet them at the end of this at right now. Okay, I'm going to do it right now while we're while we're podcasting so you guys can... I'm going to ask him. I don't yeah, know no if legally way. he can reveal that, but if he DMs me at Boone Ed... Let's see if it pops up. Oh, no, it's Ed Boone, probably. Oh, Noob D. Melissa just came in and she's even more confused. No, there's no way he got the idea from this movie. <laughs> Ed, really random slash stupid question. Were there any parts of MK inspired responding to people. by the 1982 quote-unquote hit film Raw Force? If he's gonna be like great answer, I'm, I, I, if I get a response, I'll let you guys know. But I'm just putting it out in the universe. I figure worst thing he can do is not answer. But if I get blocked by Ed Boone because I I know too much, you guys will know. <laughs> but yeah, so they they conclude they they win their fights, and somehow they they are happy and in the airplane and setting up for the second movie. Uh, but there are two parts I wanted to mention before we got out of here and you guys flame me. Uh, Hope Holiday, who played the uh, the woman we mentioned, the older woman with the hair. Uh, the only reason she was in the movie was because at the time, her and Cameron Mitchell were dating. Which one's Cameron Mitchell? Cameron Mitchell was um, the uh, <clears throat> captain. Mm-hmm. Oh, Cameron Mitchell huh. was Captain Harry. 
Oh, that's interesting. Yeah, so they really were. So that chemistry, that was them. That was her, that was her boo. I want to know this movie came out in the theaters. Oh, it did? It did? It did. Huh. The 80s is an interesting time, man. Yeah, buddy. <laughs> Listen, I watch when I watch Kentucky Fried movie, this is the type of movie that they were lampooning. Because they had the uh, late great. I want to make sure I said late and great because I don't I think he died. No, is he still alive? Oh, okay. So Jim Wynorski. Do you guys know Jim Wynorski? No, who's that? Okay, so Jim Wynorski is the guy that has done, uh, he did like Chopping Mall in 86. Uh, all the movies you were making fun of me about, like he did horror movie variants of them. Sorority House Massacre, Scream Queen, Hot Tub Party, 976 Evil. Um, I mean, I can start going. From 2000 on, he's the guy who started doing uh, all of the, uh, basically as close as you could get to um, rated R slash X horror comedy like movies. So uh, if you ever heard of... Um, What's one that I know almost everyone has heard of? Not not Invasion of the Hottie Snatchers. Sub-Zero. Mm-hmm. Busty Cops. Busty Cops 2. House on Hooter Hill. Busty <laughs> Cops Go Hawaiian. Dino Croc versus Super Gator. Shark Babes. Wait a minute. Rich, did you just throw out porn movies? <laughs> oh, I'm in there. Bigfoot or Bust, which is in post-production. <laughs> a celebrity's team head out on a quest to search for Bigfoot. Unaware, another group of time-traveling women from the future are also looking for the creature. I'm very concerned right now. I am too. He just <laughs> some porn movies in there and just kept going. This is, no, this is, no, this isn't him. This is art. This is high art for him. He also did uh, Final Voyage with Ice-T, Fire from Below with uh, Kevin Sorbo, America's least favorite uh, Greek god. Oh, um, gosh. Uh, but Chopping Mall is the one most people would know. But yeah, he, he, he made the trailer. So at the time, he was like, this was a big deal that he made the trailer for them. And now he has devolved into like barely not porn movies. Um, Piranaconda. Yeah, this is when I worked at Blockbuster, I knew this guy because it was always all of his movies were in the drama section because we never, you know, Blockbuster as a rule never had a like curtain section. So it was either like this dude's stuff in drama or like Playboy's like, this is a movie with a plot. So you can't say it's porn section. Um, so yeah, so this is this is my Blockbuster kicking it. So yeah, so this got a, a full release in the theaters. Didn't make a lot of money. It opened in 150 theaters on the East Coast. So like Baltimore, <laughs> New York, Philly, like they knew what they were doing. Like, and I can probably tell you in New York, it was probably back over by where it used to be with the waterfront or um, over on Jamaica Ave where folks would have those movies. It was like, it's Kung Fu or yes. it's going to be a questionable movie. 
you imagine somebody saying, hey, I got this dope karate movie for you to watch. $20. All right, you get it. You go home and pop it into the what? The VHS and around mm-hmm. that time. And might have even been Betamax. Somebody might have been. Oof. Imagine if it was Laserdisc. Oof. <laughs> <laughs> and you start to see what's going on. I am looking for that person getting my money back. Quentin Tarantino absolutely saw this movie. Oh, absolutely. Oh, I absolutely believe that. This is definitely something he's seen and took from. This remind me of this would be in um, this would be one of the trailers in between Death Proof and um, Planet Terror. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I mean, this that's why I said that scene reminded me of from Dust Till Dawn. There's no way he didn't see this movie. Like that that fight scene he has, the shootout where uh, uh now it's you know more of a a higher class actress because you know I just thought this movie was like, hey, I, I'm. I love titties, but they were just overdoing it. I was like, good grief, man. This they just need to stop. I know. I thought I was watching uh Natty and Jenny's YouTube. Listen, would you believe (laughs) that most of the women were paid in cash for their days on the yes? Yes, absolutely. Absolutely. (laughs) And would you also believe that uh the director slash writer, slash choreographer, slash uh pimp also had to bring the negatives of the film on the plane with him the whole time because he was afraid it was going to get seized. Uh, yeah. I, I, From I the Philippines. Yeah. Like, what you got here, buddy? So let's take a look. Oh, my God. <laughs> yeah. This, <laughs> this is a movie made on the fly, and yeah, they did what they had to do to get it out there. Yeah, under the crew, there's seven people. Oh, there was one more thing in this film I wanted to talk about. Oh, hit it. The idea that the entire ocean there was filled with piranha that as soon as you fell in the water, attacked you and ate you. Except when Go Chen fell in the water. Yes. <laughs> he just got right out. Yeah, and some of, the, some of the zombies got right out too. Oh! Man, I, I cannot leave out here without talking about this. Okay. All right. So we had the end of the movie and they laid out the dynamite. That's not how dynamite works, but whatever. We did that's not even the thing how. <laughs> but when everything blows up, did anybody else see those dead zombie karate men turn into sticks with just the clothes? Or was I the <laughs> only one that saw that? Yes, I saw that. I was I'm like, oh see my if god, I can freeze and get that there. picture. They were standing on the edge of the thing when it blew up. Yeah, I was like, oh my God, it's just sticks now. Oh, he's lighting it now. Throwing the dynamite. And boom. That is insane. Listen. I really want to know what the sequel was supposed to be to this. Well, he said um, it was going to be the ex-husband of the LAPD officer. Uh, uh, my girl. Trying to find her and then getting into shenanigans on the way. Wow. <laughs> yeah, there's no way he was getting uh, anybody to fund. I back. thought he was, uh, yeah, I thought he was going to say something like Harry came back from the dead and he was going to be a zombie fighting or something now. No, it's all shenanigans. And it's funny because the scene you're talking about, it also features, like, they never even went so far as to even switch it. It was like that even as the first set of zombies were running away. Like they had to stick people in the sea because they probably only had one take again. 
<laughs> did y'all appreciate the zombie the uh one uh white guy that the only way they could make him look dead was like have a lot of baby powder on him i was just like what is this <laughs> like more baby powder <laughs> oh rich you sure do know how to pick them listen this one I have no idea how you even came across this film this, i told I you it just jumped on my timeline somebody was like i'm gonna watch it i was like let me watch it too and as i'm watching it especially uh they put up the scene of i called it the i'll see you at the crossroads slow-mo of all the zombies on the beach <laughs> we went from <laughs> we are from you guys serve to raw force buddy this is a <laughs> this is a back-to-back month right here listen i mean this one yeah Oh, there he is. There's Pasty McGee. But then my that, that that's when my girl starts fighting. She grabs the stick and she has to fight both ninjas at once. And they start using breakdance fighting to get away from her. I will say I enjoyed her. Her fighting looked a little more realer than the other guys. And I give her respect because she was the only one she got in because of her ability to actually fight. Because when you look at her scene juxtaposed with my main man John Taylor with his uh sword fight that has to go at like one mile an hour because they ain't trying to cut each other for real. Mm-hmm. I like how he said he was going to cross the wires on the plane like it's a car. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh I mean, they, they went they went down the road. They went, they definitely went down. And they went to a jade mine. Yeah. That is so random. <laughs> Super random. And my man really did get carried away. He was getting torture racked by a zombie in 1982. <laughs> so you saw that. <laughs> yeah. He just carried him away. First yeah, he, he just carried him, him away. Arms. Like, wait a minute. When did this happen? Yeah, he carried him in his arms while the bad sword fight was happening. And then this one dude forgot he has to sell getting hit. Oh, there's the decapitation fatality. I'm telling you, I'm telling you, Ed Boone's gonna be like, listen, don't tell nobody. But yes. Oh yeah, he did decapitate that zombie. I forgot about that. And his head just rolls into the water. He is no Tom Cruise with the runs, but you know, a few people. No one are. is. <laughs> nobody. So yeah, so I guess I, I've, I've delayed the torture enough. Uh, Jeff Brandon. Is this a bad meeting bad movie or a bad meeting good movie? Brandon, you answer first. Um, this will probably surprise you. I enjoyed the I enjoyed laughing at this film, so I guess it's bad meeting good. Except I would tell no one to watch it. Wow, <laughs> but. I'm going to say this. This is absolutely a bad meaning bad movie. But I had a good time watching it. If you got some, if you got a free time on your hand, go to YouTube, go whatever, go to do the two by. Yeah. Check it out. It's worth a watch. It's insane. Um, some things are a little, eh, you know, didn't age well, but this no. it was it was a I enjoyed watch. I was just laughing. I just couldn't believe Rich picked this movie. Yes, that was my biggest complaint. That's something that I would have picked. (laughs) I was so disappointed in Rich. Not disappointed for real, but I was like, listen, if it's a bad movie, I'm I'm all in (laughs) no matter what it is. Like 
So with this movie, as I was watching it, I was like, okay, this is this is a lot of a lot of a lot of breasts here. This is an absurd amount here. Oh, what Who kidnapped Rich and made him watch this movie? There's no way he watched this on his own. So we know what you think, Rich. You absolutely uh, bad meaning good. Oh no, this is a horrible movie. This is bad meaning bad. <laughs> if I hadn't if I hadn't watched it and thought of it as a fun idea to watch it for May, I would never have watched this movie. But now that I have seen it, there are questions that need to be asked. This was better than my first choice, Fat Beach. That was boring. At least this was fun. You know the bad thing about that? After y'all, I stopped the episode and went back and watched it. I, well, I'm sorry. I tried to watch. I didn't even get halfway through. I was just like, nah, this is to be an episode that, you know, whatever. It's boring. This was fun. <laughs> yeah, this definitely was uh, fun because I definitely had a good time watching it. And it was pretty oh. easy to watch. like an hour and, what, 20 minutes? Yeah. Oh, yeah, it was easy to watch. They got the trailer for this on YouTube, like the trailer that released at the time in 1981. Mm-hmm. It, the trailer makes it look like it's fun. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it pretty, it pretty much is fun, and you just got to get through a lot of other stuff. Yeah. And that other stuff is the stuff that, that makes it magical. <laughs> I guess. Like, is this going to be legal in the state of like whoever's watching this in 2022? Oof. They got away with a lot. I'll just say that. Yeah. Cause I feel like he really just went to a place and was like, hey, can we film you at your place of work? Can we just dip in and out real quick. Would you mind that? There were, by the way, this cast was humongous. There were so many people in this film who said nothing. Mm hmm. I mean, because they were there. You got a free vacation just there. in the Philippines. Yeah. Y'all going somewhere else? I'll hop in on that one, but uh, this don't seem like a trip for me. <laughs> yeah, like, yeah, if I hear, I mean, but again, again, just like what we said with some of the stuff being filmed, that's also a different era. If you got a bunch of folks who are like actors and stuntmen and women, and you're like, hey, we're going to the Philippines for a couple of weeks, you want to pop in? We might have some work for you. You might, worst case, you might get some drinks and some fun. Most folks back then could be, I mean, we saw folks moved in the 80s. Did they actually film this in the Philippines? Yes. Oh. Yeah, so I think they, uh, I, I think, you know, this is kind of like a... Isn't that where they filmed Predator? That's a good question. I don't know. Let me look it up. I think they filmed Predator in the Philippines, too. Mexico. Oh, Mexico. Probably it was Mexico. Okay. Mm-hmm. But I mean, I could see it. I could definitely see that, though. I feel like Homegirl, when she was walking through and she was like, watch out for the snakes. I feel mm-hmm. like she was saying that as a shoot. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, no. Was. They weren't playing around. Like, this is an actual location. And I'm sure they were just kind of like schlepping their way through it. And then you're just like, oh, yeah, right. Yeah. Look out for them snakes. And this they was back in the day when they actually blew up the island. Like they actually would blow it up, blow it up. Oh boy, this is just something. I'm not sure what, but it was something. Well, I'm glad you guys took this journey with me. Before we get out of here, where can they find you? Where can they find your awesome stuff? I'll start with you, Brandon, since Jeff is our humble. Uh, a host for this m- m- chaos today. 
Uh, yeah, you can find me on Twitter at that cool black nerd. Be okay. I, I still want to change that, but that's what it is for now. Um, I host a couple podcasts, the Why So Serious podcast. Jeff and Rich have both been on there multiple times. We reviewed one of the all time classics, Steel. If you want to go watch another great film, and I do another podcast called the RTO podcast where we review TV shows. Right now, we're doing Orphan Black, which is amazing. So, uh, check that out as well. And, and Jeff, my man, oh, no, thank man, you for you. thank you for having me and giving me this ability to share this with you. Hey, this is your month. You tell the people where they can find you at. Oh well, shoot! You can find me on Twitter at rich underscore fan. I do a lot of my work, most of my damage through the uh, Pro Wrestling Torch. I am a columnist there, and I do a lot of podcasts, most notably the Deep Dive and everything with Rich and Wade. Uh, anytime you go on where you listen, podcasts, you can search PW Torch. I'm probably there. Uh, and, of course, you can always uh, go to pwtorch.com and see any of my columns that I've written. Jeff, do you know what's next? The next Bad Meaning Bad, Bad Meaning Good movie? I'm doing a Lucy next month, but I don't know actually whose month it huh. is. Um, but I'm gonna do a loose. I'm doing more. I'm doing more money. Just because I watched it, I watched it, and yeah, it's been a long time since I've seen that movie. Interesting pick. Mm-hmm. Definitely, but uh, yeah, I, I'm not sure who month it is. It might be Chanel's month. Wasn't Stacy Dash in that movie? Yes. Huh. And this is before we. Soul. This is before we knew about the me and her being problematic. Yeah. <laughs> Melissa asked me uh, last night because I have a gift and a curse of like, like if you're if you're saying I'm, can you do a movie about you? I can probably name someone that kind of looks enough like you that could do it. I was like, the person that would look like you in your biopic, Melissa, would have been Stacy Dash, but she's too wild now. Like you can't, we can't have you out here teaming up with uh with Stacy. Back in the day, it would have been fun, but no, not now. Yeah. Um, no, Rich. No, 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 <laughs> no, 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 no. no, no. <laughs> All right, y'all. So for Jeff and Brandon, this is Rich signing off for this month's uh, Batman and Bad, Batman and Good. Don't don't watch this movie. Save yourself. We've already watch gone it. too far. We watched it, so y'all need to watch it. <laughs> Be good, y'all.